Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Hello and good evening. You're listening to The Mission on 3 Triple R. My name is Rachel Hocking, filling in for the very deadly Yorta Yorta man, Daniel James, who I'm pretty sure is going to be back in this seat next Tuesday night. So won't be long before he's back keeping you company. Thanks to Vaughan for taking over Double Bounce for the past hour. Killed it. Great show. And before we kick off this episode of The Mission, as always, I acknowledge that we are broadcasting from unceded Kulin land. And I pay my respect to Rundry elders past and present. I also acknowledge the land from wherever you might be listening to this broadcast from. I know we have some mob tuning in up on Gadigal land tonight, so shout out to you mob. A little news from me before we kick off. You might know my voice from another show on this station, still here on Sundays with brothers Neil and Paul. Well, I'm going to be flying up to Sydney next week and I'm not going to be around this year. So it's maybe my last show, but I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, You've kept me company for the past year and a bit I've been filling in on the mission occasionally and still here has become you know a bit of like family to me and I've loved every minute of it I'm gonna miss it heaps so let's you know let's not say goodbye just yet just see you later for a little while and and you're gonna be in pretty safe hands because we have some deadly blackfella broadcasters right across this station Now, the past week, we know this has been a tough one for First Nations mob. If you are First Nations, I'm thinking of you. And if you're not, I hope that you're looking out for anyone in your life who you know who is. Mob right across this continent have been feeling the weight of Jan 26. It's the anniversary of colonisation and invasion in this country. And that's not something a lot of us want to be celebrating. Coming up soon, I'll be yarning with the very staunch Gunnachimara and Gunai Kurnai woman, Lydia Thorpe, who's going to update us on the Pay the Rent campaign we've seen at most of the Invasion Day rallies across the country. But first up, let's get a little bit empowered. I spent Invasion Day on Gadigal land in Sydney at the end of the day. So we went to the march, started at Hyde Park and went to Yarbin Festival, which is sort of like share the spirit down here in Melbourne. And uh, finished up at Yarbin. I was probably sunstroked. I don't think ate enough like normal because you're so busy all day and just trying to get enough water in and you have a quick nap and then you head off to find out where the mob are at. And there's a couple of things going on. They have after parties. And there was also an event happening at the the, uh, Lord Gladstone, I should say. I'm thinking of Melbourne pubs. And Nookie, you and rapper, we play him on Still Here a lot. You've probably heard him. 
he was running a fundraiser for fire-affected communities. So he had a couple of rappers up on stage doing their thing and a young fella called Kobe D, who we also play a lot on Still Here, he got up and performed uh, one of his latest tracks. There was this moment towards the end where he got everybody in the audience to hold up their fists. He just stood there sort of silently and everybody responded by doing the same. It was a really powerful moment and it kind of, you know, sends shivers down your spine. It makes you think, this is what we need more of. We need mob standing together and supporting each other. Well, as I mentioned earlier, this past weekend has been one of the toughest for blackfellas across the country. It's always at the beginning of the year and so we always have to start off the year with a fair bit of trauma. Jan 26 is the anniversary or it's a reminder. It's a symbol and it is the date that colonisation and invasion started in this country. So a lot of blackfellas mark this day with rallies, marching to the streets, calling for various things. It changes year to year, but a lot of the time the message stays the same. We want land rights, we want justice, black deaths in custody need to stop. And this year there was a message which isn't a new one, but sort of came back a lot stronger. There were calls to pay the rent. Now I'm joined in the studio by staunch Gunai Kurnai, Gunditjmara woman Lydia Thorpe, who was at the rally in Melbourne on the weekend and I was hoping you could break down for our audience. Sis, what did you mean when you were saying pay the rent? Oh, well, pay the rent is something that I've grown up with and didn't fully understand until, you know, in the last, I suppose, decade uh, but it's something that uh, our old people came up with in the early 70s through the National Aboriginal and Islander Health Organisation, the peak body back then uh, for Aboriginal health. And, you know, they were going around the country um, helping to establish these services for our people, which were not just health services, but they were uh, a political, you know, voice. So... Um, our old people came up with the concept of pay the rent as a form of reparations. You know, it's not charity. It's uh, reparations for being on stolen land. It's paying the rent like you would uh, pay rent to your landlord. Well, we are the landlords. Uh, we uh, have not ceded sovereignty. Therefore, we are still the landlords, the the custodians of these lands. And... Uh, pay the rent enables us to self-determine our own destiny. Uh, it enables us to prioritise what we believe is important um, to address the many injustices our people are facing every day. And, you know, it, it fills the gap in, in terms of, you know, government aren't going to uh, resource black activists and black campaigners to continue the struggle and the fight. So this enables that and it's activating black activists around the nation to continue to work, you know, to continue the work that they're already doing but have some resources behind us. And, you know, if we look at Grandmothers Against Removals, 
that's a no one wants to know about grandmothers against removals from the government uh, and those you know those grandmothers are struggling to have a voice in the court system to to you know get their their grandchildren back into aboriginal hands into mothers hands or grandmothers hands so that's one example of of a big struggle that's going on we know that um, the removal rate of our children is going up. Um, we also know the incarceration rate of our people is going up, particularly of our women. You know, it's up over 400% in Victoria. Uh, deaths in custody is going up. And also the incarceration of our babies, our 10-year-olds, mm. uh, that is going up, particularly in Victoria, believe it or not. So we've got all of these injustices. Then we've got a climate catastrophe on our doorstep or, you know, we're facing it right now. So all of these priorities are just really challenging uh, for our mob and we need to resource our people to have a say on these issues but also have our own campaigns running with blackfellas at the lead. Self-determination, hey? Self-determination, real self-determination. Yeah. So how do you reckon that pay the rent message was received both in the lead up because you got some pretty good coverage of it and then on the day on Sunday? Uh, I think the lead up, you know, people were... Uh, sceptical, which is fair enough. It's, you know, new to um, the general public. It's not new to a lot of our people. But um, some good questions were asked and I think people were genuinely uh, interested in how this plays out in terms of self-determination and our rights as Aboriginal people in this country. Uh, And then, of course, we had the right-winged, you know, questioning... Um, what the money was going to be used for mm-hmm. and, and all the governance around it. Um, but, you know, I think I think some people changed their, their views on pay the rent once they, they got a better understanding. Then on Invasion Day itself, well, you know, we're overwhelmed with the, with the support. Um, the money was uh, banked today, I think. And, yeah, I'm not going to say what the figure is. That will be coming out in a more formal statement from organisers. But it's I'm overwhelmed. Mm. I'm, you know, there is there are good people out there. There are people who understand our struggle and want to know how they can support our struggle. And um, they've actually put their money where their mouth is. And and that is going to first and foremost that money is going to support the the unfortunately the many funerals that our people face in our communities. So that is our priority. Um, the funeral fund, and then those those campaigns and the establishment of the first sovereign hub in Melbourne, which which is a a basically a, an office um, in the city that activists can activate and continue to to work on the many campaigns. And it's called the Sovereign Hub. 
It's a sovereign hub. Uh, we have the Australian Conservation Foundation um, first cab off the rank to pay the rent. Oh. Uh, and they're doing that by providing an office space in the green building and allowing, you know, us to self-determine our own destiny and that's what we're about to embark on, which, um, you know, I'll give credit to the Australian Conservation Foundation for for the understanding and the work that they've done on decolonising the environment space and um, agreeing to, you know, providing a space where we can activate our own campaigns. If people want to learn more about these spaces which are just starting to be talked about, you know, to the general public, where can they get that information? Uh, good question, Rachel. We, <laughs> we're still writing it up. Uh, it's happened a, a lot quicker than I anticipated. So uh, it will be out soon. Pay the rent is probably the first port of call in terms of, you know, we, we need to continue the pay the rent campaign so that we can resource this space. Um, we know that, you know, a lot of environment groups and even social justice groups in this country are doing business based on their priority. You know, they're being paid to run campaigns, but we don't have a, a black space to do our own business and run our own campaigns. So that's what this Sovereign Hub is about. And this will be the first one and it's, a, it's, it's overdue. You know, the mainstream Australia is now calling out for, um, for us to be at the table when it comes to, you know, burning cultural burns. Um, but, you know, we've got a whole lot of other stuff that we'd like to share with you too, but it's got to be on our terms and it can't be, you know, taking from us all the time. It's It's got to be giving as well and, and the Sovereign Hub is certainly one way where we need to continue that pay the rent campaign and resource it in a way that um, our people are empowered, our people are um, campaigning and our people are a resource to, to get the, the work done. Yeah, I think there's something... Um you know, intrinsically powerful and and really, you know, it's it's a strong thing. It's a different thing to have a black space because we haven't been afforded them and often you have to go out of your way to create them. How have you created black spaces before this idea for a sovereign hub has come to you? Well, my first job was when I was 14. Um, I left school because of racism and it just was a really, you know, my education experience as a kid was, was not a good one because I had to justify my existence each and every day. Uh, so I started working at the Koori Information Centre in Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, and that was, a, that was pretty much a sovereign hub. It wasn't government funded uh, and it provided advice, it ran campaigns on on, you know, black Victoria or black Australia. Um, I remember, you know, a few times we had coon sprayed across our front window because it was known as an activist space. Mm. So, you know, again, it's not anything new. It's just bringing the old back um, that our old people set up in those days and, you know, other black spaces. Well, they're usually in around our kitchen table yeah. or in our backyard 
and it's in whatever spare time we have as blackfellas, which, you know, there's no such thing as spare time in our lives. It's a, it's a daily struggle of survival mm-hmm. um, and we always have competing priorities. So this is, a, this is about creating the space for us as well to focus on these important campaigns that, that we have to continue to fight. It's come at a really interesting time because we know 2020 is such a big year for our mob. It's you know not just Invasion Day like normal. We saw a mm. lot of signs referencing that fella, Captain Cook, on mm. the weekend. He was actually a lieutenant, if you know your history. Um, he, it's 250 years since that fella arrived at Botany Bay. There's going to be a lot more happening throughout the year, especially in April on the anniversary of that arrival. What is your message to community out there, non-Indigenous people who attended the rally on the weekend who you know, might not usually show up outside of Jan 26? What do you want to see that community doing for the rest of the year? Um, well, I said it at last year's rally and that is, you know, it's great that we have this incredible, sh- you know, show of solidarity um, from our allies and from, you know, uh, everyday people, everyday, you know, white Australians. Um, but one day of of every year is it, it just doesn't cut it. It's what you do every day in your workplace, in your in your home, amongst your family, and amongst your friends. It's those conversations, those hard conversations that everybody has to have. Um, truth-telling, you know, we have to continue to reiterate the true history of this country each and every day. Um, you know, last year, as a result of the, the call-out for our allies um, to not just turn up on 26th of January, I had a, a law firm reach out and support the Grandmothers Against Removals and provide, you know, pro bono legal advice so that these grandmothers were ready for for court to fight for their their grandkids so it's 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 not hard it's just thinking outside the square what you know what pro bono support can you provide if you've got a business or if you've got a you know if you work in a in a um ethical organization of course (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah pay the rent sign up to pay regularly what you can afford um, we're not asking people who are struggling to to fork out money, but there are other ways that people can pay the rent and, um, you know, think think outside the square and, and provide whatever support you can to keep these campaigns going and support our activists to, to continue. Yeah, that's a good point. And look, we do talk a lot about what it is allies can do, what is what it is supporters can do. But by the time it gets to this point in the year, two days past Invasion Day, mob are pretty tired as well and having these conversations can get really draining. We said how drained we were just before we started this show. Um, how are you feeling now? Uh, I'm really tired. Um, but there's no time for that. You know, like we still have, you know, we've had a funeral today on my country in Bairnsdale. Um, That's also questionable. We have 
you know, what it's like what's going to happen next while we're fighting the fights that we're already fighting. It's we're always in a we're always thinking what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm tired. I need to um, have some me time, but I've also started a new job. So I'm only two weeks into my new role at uh, Amnesty International. Congratulations, by the way, sis. (laughs) And, you know, they've been great. So they've checked in as well to see how I'm going and they're really keen to get Indigenous rights, um, you know, escalated within the organisation, which is something I'm very passionate about. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that, but I just haven't got time for a rest at the moment, unfortunately. I'll have to just pace myself. Um, and that's one thing that our, our women, you know, we tell everyone else to, to have a rest and take a break and look after yourself, but we're the worst offenders. Take your own (laughs) advice. I know you're absolutely right though, because we do, we've seen black women leading the rallies this year. I mean, we see black women leading the rallies every year. So what advice do you have out there for your sisters that you think you should be taking on as well this time of year? Well, I had an argument with my little sister this morning because she is actually, she decided to go to Gunujmara country and she was walking on the beach. So Mm. my little sister was telling me that you need to go to country and you need to walk on country and, and, you know, connect back with my ancestors our ancestors um because that's that's real healing when you take your shoes off and walk on country that's the most incredible feeling as a sovereign sovereign person um so i encourage all all of our mob you know if your country's not here then there is you know you can go to country you've got cousins and connections that you can go to but you know, we all need to do that. It's part of decolonising too. Yeah, it's really good advice. My country is Walpuri country in the Northern Territory, so I hope I can get there in the next couple of months as well because I'm missing it already. Mm. Only there last December. Thanks so much for coming on, Lydia. You know, you inspire me every time you talk and I think there's a lot of mob listening out there today who feel the same as well. So thanks for all your work. My pleasure. Keep up the fight and get on board, everyone. This is a real game changer. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, no worries. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. You're listening to The Mission. I'm Rachel Hocking filling in for your order man, Daniel James, who will hopefully be back this time next week. I know he's had a good break over summer, very well-deserved break, and a break that a lot of blackfellas should be taking right now because... You've all been working bloody hard in the lead up to Invasion Day, which just passed on Sunday. So listen to the advice that Lydia Thorpe just gave. You know, if you can, take a rest, try to get back to your country, reconnect and just pause for a moment because you deserve it and you're going to need it. The year's not over yet. It's only just started. Things are only just heating up. I spoke to a young woman earlier this week who I actually saw on Invasion Day uh, in Sydney on Gadigal Land where I spent it and uh, 
She's a very deadly, young, up-and-coming muso who I've been trying to get on my other show, Still Here on Sundays, for a while now. And so, you know, stars aligned, bumped into her and I said, sis, you're coming on on Tuesday night. Her name is Kayla Newman and she is a singer-songwriter. She identifies as Rodri Gadigal. That's Sydney for you mob who don't know. So she's T.O. for up that way. She joined me uh, earlier this afternoon to have a yarn about a lot of things, about how she was feeling on the day and also about her latest single, Burnt For You, which has a launch this Friday for the uh, video that accompanies it. So I'll give you some more details soon, but I'll just throw to this interview. As always, we started by asking, who's your mob? Where you're from? Tell us who you are. Um, so my name's Kayla Newman, and I'm a proud Radring Gadigal woman. Um, my dad's that, and my mum's heritage uh, stands from England. Um, I kind of sort of big history. My dad grew up in Wellington, so most of my mob are from Dubbo out that way. Um, so if you go to Dubbo, I'm probably related to half the people there. <laughs> and, um, and my mum grew up in Walgett, so um, I've always spent most of my life in the city. So I feel blessed to be surrounded by like such strong mob here as well. Um, but, you know, whenever I go back to the country, it just feels right. But on my grandfather's side, he was a very proud Gadigal man, and I still feel really connected to Sydney City as well. So even with the skyscrapers and all this pollution, you you just know this is not how it used to be, and there's still spirit and everything. And Yeah, that's really beautiful. And it's look, it is pretty special to um, when you grow up in the city to actually have a spiritual connection to that land because it is your traditional country and you have that through your grandfather's side. On Sunday, uh, I caught up with you after the Invasion Day rally in Sydney and I know that you had to work all day and so did I. Yes. But what is it like for you to to have such a big turnout to the Invasion Day rally on your grandfather's country but at the same time also have, you know, all these Australia Day events in Sydney and and especially in Sydney Harbour, which has become, you know, it is like where first contact, where colonisation an invasion actually began in this country. Yeah, yeah. I like it just blows my mind the amount of people at these rallies and it like last I've been every year I've always go to the rallies and um even just being in the crowd it just makes me feel there's so much power and um like passion and it just absolutely astounds me that it's not given this light that it it needs to have and this change really needs to happen and I think um it's it's days like that where I go there's so many amazing people doing amazing things and I'm just like um when will this change happen and it makes it honestly the day makes me feel sick like and I I I hated being at work and it was so horrible but then you know straight after being able to go to um the album after party I I just felt so relieved to be in a space where there was just you know, all of the mob was there, family, friends, and, you know, I got, like, I went back home that night, it was just the biggest smile on my face, because I felt really whole and at peace, and then even though the day means such a horrible day, but it, I, it's just beautiful to be able to be in a space where, you know, you see Aboriginal artists perform, and people you haven't seen so long, it's just so heartwarming, so it gave me a lot of faith and hope that you know, we are the next generation and we're going to make change and we are resilient. And I and I think we're truly there for each other. 
and I was watching um, Kobe D singing and um, rapping and he's standing up on the stage and there was this moment when he was singing um, uh, that, the Stand Strong song, the We're Still Standing, and yeah. he sang that one line, We're Still Standing, and put his fist in the air and everybody just went silent, put their fist in the air, and that was just like the moment when I said, wow, we're, we're here, we're not going anywhere, and yeah, and I think that was just the icing on the cake. I was just so happy to just be surrounded by just, you know, beautiful people. And You're absolutely right. And, like, you know, I was there with you as well. It, it, there was something so yeah. powerful about just being around blackfellas, you know, and afterwards you, well, exactly. you could see on people's faces just how drained everyone was, the people who'd worked and hadn't worked or mm. the impact and the toll it takes. Um, I think I'm still yeah, feeling it today a little bit as well, you know, and, um, moments like that where Kobe Day had everyone's fists up at the end of the night, uh, it kind of it makes you realise how strong we are together. So it was real deadly to see you, sis, and um, be able to catch up properly. I'm was, so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> had the best dance. Um, the best. And we've been mm. talking about getting you on to talk about your musical journey for a while. So I'm glad we're yes. able to make it happen on, you know, my last time on Triple R for a while. So let's go back to when your musical journey started. Tell me about how you got into it in the first place. Oh, from the very beginning? like oh, As far I, back as you want to I, go, sis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't know. Like, I've, always, I've always been a dancer. So one day I was at like, dance school and they were doing acting classes. So I did a bit of acting and I fell in love with acting. Like, I love acting. Um, but there was an audition for a musical my first musical I did was Into the Woods and I was Cinderella blessed and it was so hey. great and I just I was on stage and I was just singing and I realized I was just so calm like I felt um I don't know it was just really it was a relaxing time and I think that really hit me when I go this is so therapeutic I I could do this my whole life and and then I started singing but then I go every song that I was singing I kind of didn't really connect with though um so then I just started writing my own stuff and just, yeah, it just went from there. So, What sort of things yeah, were you, I don't know. What, yeah. when you say like the music you were singing wasn't representing you, what sort of things did you want to be singing about? Like what sorts of things did you first start putting pen to paper? I think, so, I think it was in primary school. I always kind of felt like um, kind of struggling with, identity it was a bit of an identity crisis really because I think you know when you're growing up in the city and um you know I I felt that I wasn't really represented or who I was wasn't represented you know so it was I really wanted to just sing about um like my my land and my people and like just being able to say um this is me and I didn't want to keep singing all these kind of love songs without knowing the story behind them or like why people are feeling this way and then I think if I'm singing something I want it to be from my heart I don't want to be singing someone else's words you know like that's a really good point so did you think I have to go and fall in love now and have my heart broken yeah yeah I know yeah I'm just like I'm I'm good now but now all my writing's so different though It's, it's just crazy how you know you just change so much and yeah, my music's definitely changed from when I was a lot younger, of course. But yeah, it's been a big ride. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've had some great 
uh, releases in the past year and Heart for Free, I've heard you talk about it before or read you talk about it, saying that it was um, sort of about, you know, having this relationship between land and body, which I found really interesting. Mm. Can you kind of talk me through that? Yeah, um, so Heart for Free, it was uh, kind of written in this moment of, it's a, it's a it's a heartbreaking song, really, even though it sounds quite relaxing. It really is this song about this longing and escapism, trying to find a place where you belong. And I originally wrote it, um, I was watching Great Gatsby, and I was like looking at this, um, this scene with the lighthouse, like flashing green. And I just, and Gatsby's looking out across the water, and he's just like, that's kind of how I felt about yearning for something more in in my life or trying to find a space where I feel like I belong. And um, I wanted to write about that. But then I've always been really connected to, like, myths and legends and mermaids and mainly because uh, it's like the mermaid stuck with two sides of itself, like in two worlds, and that's kind of how I felt living up in the city in this biracial body, living within this urban environment, Um yeah, so I kind of just wanted to reiterate, you can't take a heart for free. You can't take um, this land from my body. You have a new track out and it is awesome. I've been listening to it quite a bit for the last week. Can you tell us a little bit about this new track called Burnt For You? Yes. Um, oh, golly, where do I begin? I just Burnt For You was a big process. I think I was writing a lot about kind of one person, but then it, it, it broke into a million different people and experiences that have <laughs> happened in my life. And I, and my, my um, producer who was my um, uh, singing teacher, we've known each other for ages now. So that's a really great relationship to, he was just like, look, calm down. What do you really want to say to this person? Yeah. I was just like, I want them to burn in hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. That. But I was just like, don't hold back. Sissy. This is why this is why music's so healing because you really you can just say what you want to say and you know I think everyone can relate to that everyone has those moments in your life where you're like I you know I, but the song I just wanted people to say hey this person this situation has hurt me but I've come out of it and I'm I'm healing and healing is a constant process and I really wanted the song to just reflect that because even though it sounds quite happy and free there's this undertone that's really quite dark and it's um it's this darkness that will still always like be with you but it's it's a different kind of it's a it's just a process you know and we're all trying to deal with it yeah that's beautiful, though. You know, I think that's really um, something that a lot of people can relate to. You don't really sometimes know what you're doing with your art, your work, until you start yeah. because it brings out all these emotions that you might not have realised were there and you're like, shit, what do I do with this? So, yeah, I know, literally, that was, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, this idea of wanting someone to burn to the ground, like, that is, you know, that's I an know, incredibly so powerful... I know, it's so horrible because I'm, I'm not a nasty person. I'm just, and God, I'm you're not. You're the sweetest person. <laughs> Oh, but that's the beauty of art, isn't it? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. And so you've got you've got a music video for this song launching on Friday. How are you yeah. that that idea that you know that anger, I guess, and then also that yeah. sense of wanting to heal. How are you bringing that into the visual medium? Well, um, after the salt work we did the song, I listened back to it. I was thinking in my head, oh, you know, it would be beautiful if. 
we did a music video to this, but had everything white, like every like as if we were in kind of Olympia, like you know we're all gods and we're all happy and above everything. And, yeah. But then I just I don't know. I just kept thinking and thinking. If I did it that way, if I said projecting this appearance that everything was all right and I'm I'm good, then it was kind of putting a blanket over how I'm still feeling now and yeah. that didn't feel right so I think and also I, I have no money so <laughs> it was just like a, also a basis of what can I do with the equipment that I have and yeah. what message can I put out there and it just it kind of, I'm a big believer in the universe and everything happens for a reason and literally I went into the space and there was just these black flats and I, I was like, you know, it would be cool if we literally just created a void, like a black void um, of nothingness. And I kind of thought, you know, in Stranger Things, when um, uh, it's like the upside down world where yeah. they have little like bits of, you know, real life and everything's just darkness. That's what that's how I kind of felt at the point in time. So I wanted to recreate that. So mm-hmm. we had one light hanging from the top and then, yeah, it was just darkness and we were all kind of... um. We were still angels. It was like a battle between angels and devils. And then um, talking about fallen angels and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to link the angels with um, like the like Western art and like the Western world because everyone in the, um, the film clip is uh, Aboriginal. And I wanted to show, you know, this integration of this blackness with the um, Western world and identity and this like shift between the two and, um, you know, how we are and how we represent ourselves. So it's just this massive, like, again, being a part of your own narrative and showing the world that it's, um, I don't know, this is us and yeah. Yeah. I love that. And um, I've just seen like little outtakes of the clip. They look awesome. I think that it's Thank you. going to be really powerful. I'm so excited for everyone to see it. It's just yeah. so weird seeing, like, <laughs> you, you, like literally what was in my mind, This, it's just coming out. It's just so weird. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And if um, anybody is in Sydney and listening to this program right now, where can they get information and where should they go on Friday if they want to attend the launch party? Oh, yes. It is at Naughty Studios in Stanmore. Um, doors open at 7.30, but I'm not actually going to show the uh, film until 8.30. So we'll have a big presentation and have some, yeah, little food and drinks and all that kind of stuff. It's a dress-up party as well in light of the music video. It's heaven and hell. So come down to the Garden of Eden, that's what I'm calling it. So I'm very excited. I have one more question for you. Um, if you could play with any black muso in this country, who would it be? Um, I saw Jessica Malboy sing. Um, hey. at, oh, where did I see her? At um, oh, the grounds of Alexandria. It was like this real cute, intimate space. And I was like, I yeah. wish I could be up there with you. She's so cool. And you should have gone and up then, there. She would have loved that. Oh, no. <laughs> honestly. No, she's so great, honestly. Like, just perfect. And then, yeah. um, oh, you know, like Thelma Plum. Yeah. I was such a sweet voice. I just go, mm. Yeah. I can see that happening, actually. I think that's an amazing duet. Sissy Thelma, Sissy Jess, if you're listening, there's somebody who wants to duet with you. So (laughs) give us a call. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the mission, and um, I'll see you soon on Gadigal. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you soon, sis. Thank you. Triple R.
thanks so much for to Akela for coming in and having a yarn about you know being a young black woman on Invasion Day on your own land, Gadigal land, and what it's like to be a muso at this age, writing about love and loss and all those other things. And thank you so much to the incredibly staunch Gunai Kurnai, Gunajimara woman, Lydia Thorpe, for coming in at the beginning of this show to yarn about Invasion Day and their calls to pay the rent and what that means. She made some really good points about how you can continue your support for First Nations peoples outside of Jan 26. It is so important that you turn up every day of the year, not just one. So if you want to go back over some of the pointers she had, make sure you grab the podcast of this show later on. You're listening to The Mission. It's 7.57 and we're going to be switching over very soon to a pretty cool crew analysis paralysis I just want to sign off by saying um, how deadly it's been to be at Triple R for the last year and a little bit my name's Rachel Hocking and you probably also heard me on a show called Still Here on Sundays with brothers Neil and Paul and thank you to Daniel James for letting me sometimes fill in on the mission and sometimes come on and have a yarn with him I'm moving to Sydney next week so I won't be on this station for the next year I've just really enjoyed it though and I've remembered why I love radio so much and community radio especially so to everyone out there who's sat with me kept me company on any of the shows I've hosted thank you so so much and hopefully it's not goodbye it's just see you later or hear you later for now this has been the mission and We'll be switching back to Daniel James next week. Make sure you tune in again at 7pm. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.